So, Garrett, before we start, I just had a thing I wanted to say. Okay, what did you want to say? Well, I was listening to um, the episodes that we put out, and, well, yeah, as a team, and I realized that the ones that Fletch had pre-recorded, he often says sort of cryptic things like, gosh, I hope everyone's okay, Um, and then we never actually address that, (laughs) like what happened when we used those episodes, so I just want to tell everyone, we're all fine, everything's okay, um... Not or to stress. That's just a uh, Fletch or is normal it? Fletch. What? Or yes, everything's it? okay. No, Garrett, stop. <laughs> or is it? Garrett, you're not helping. <laughs> um, I'm not sure my job is to help. So. Wow. Okay. I mean, I mean, you coughed just now. Like, or or is it? Yeah. No, I was hoping we would remove the coughs, but I guess now we won't. Uh, I just have some coughs, and it's fine. Everything is okay. Or is it? Garrett, say everything's okay. Everything is... So, would you like to record this episode? Garrett. Yes. I know you have anxiety, but you need to relieve these other people of their anxiety. Just tell them everything. Why? Why? It doesn't relieve my anxiety. (laughs) Okay, I guess not. Well, I will tell you all, things are okay, as okay as they can be anywhere at this time, and Garrett and I are okay, and Fletch is okay. It's just that uh, sometimes we need a week off, um, because of usually, like, work stuff or school stuff, and so far everything's been okay, so. Or is it? Oh my god. Alright, go ahead and start this goddamn episode. For what it's worth, all of those tri-specials were recorded back in February over the course of a week, one a night, and I did not know when or where they would be employed, so I just sort of treated them like time capsules from the distant past, as opposed to recordings like this where I have, you know, 24 to 48 hours turnaround on them. So now you know the dark secret, and I'm trying to come up with another sequence of those so we can have some things in the can in case of emergencies. Hello and welcome to Going Digital, colon, a Digimon Rewatch podcast, where I am Shin Garrett. And I am Kit Kat, with a slight cough. And this week, we watched episode 40 t- uh, 47 of Digimon Tamers. 4010. 4010. Episode 4010. Um, that's, that's now what 47 is. Apparently. Um, and it's called either His Kingdom for a Horse, or Save Dukeman Granny Scramble, or however you say it. I actually uh, appreciate the My Kingdom for a Horse thing. That's cute. Yeah, because, you know, th- they named it after Siegfried's horse because they're right. fucking nerds. Right. Yeah. Which implies that, well, we'll get into it. Which implies that they had time to come up with a fucking nerd name. Well, and that they knew that it was going to be a mount, basically. They made a fucking, like, dragon mount. They knew what they were doing. 
I guess. I mean, I thought it looked more like a pool floaty, but maybe just a me. dragon pool floaty. Yeah, that's. I thought it was a pterodactyl actually. But. A dragon pterodactyl. Garrett, do you know what a pterodactyl is? Yeah, that's what the pink Power Ranger had. <laughs> wow, you're you're a weeb, just FYI. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to come back and and discuss how how that's weeb for an American piece of media. Never mind the fact that it was taken from Zoo Ranger, but I specifically use the American reference. What? I'm sure that there are other people who understand what you're saying and are like, "Yeah, duh, cat." But I'm over here like, those were definitely words that I understood. <sighs> How about you just tell me about this episode? I can definitely do that. Can you? Wow. Okay, rude. Why don't you do it then? No, I'm good. I have a cough, Garrett. Uh, you do? Yeah, my lungs But you said it's you okay. You need to do this. My cough You said is it's okay. okay. It's okay. Yeah. And so are you, so you could do this. I believe in you. Uh, this is your job. Don't make me pull out the contract. Honestly, I would really like to see the contract. That was signed in blood. What the fuck? So, this episode starts out with um, Kulu calling BZ, who's outside of the bubble, or calling out to him, I guess, saying, Jerry's in here, and Jerry hears uh, Kulu. I almost keep saying Cthulhu, but that's not... Um, anyway, Kulu calling BZ's name and she remembers Liamon's death and how he said it was his fate. And then it switches to um, back when she was a little girl and her mom died. And they're in the hospital room and her dad saying this was her fate. But it seems more like a nightmare than a flashback because the nurses and doctors who all have like shaded faces just keep telling her to like accept it, not to run away and whatever. But she goes out into the hallway and then she runs into a demon version of herself with the dog puppet like as her hand um, growing out of her hand, I guess maybe, um, or out of her arm and replacement for her hand. And it has no eyes. It says it's fate, wolf. Um, and then she backs away from that, obviously, and into a kind of weird mirror world of doctors who are chanting, like, fate, fate. Um, and all of this is interspersed with images of the D-Reaper expanding into the city. Oops, hold on, I just lost my place. Um, oh, and so then the Tamers and their Digimon partners are in a van, um, or they're flying running beside the van, and some dude who works for the hackers is saying how fast the D-Reaper is expanding, and Rika's like, oh no, my house. Um, and they're going to join the hacker people, and um, the van driver's like, where's Rio? And they're like, when we woke up, he was gone. And then they show that Justamon is still fighting and getting his butt whooped, kind of. Well, not really. I mean, I guess he's surviving, but he gets whacked. Um, so then the hacker gang are like eating together and having a good time. And some of them are looking at the designs for the quote, Chrome Digizoid. Um, and they're going to power it up. They say with, or they're going to power up the arc with this thing. Um, they're calling it the zero arms granny, which, okay. 
Um, and then they're like, they show it to you. Well, they show you this thing where they're like, they have a picture of the Ark that saved the kids in the digital world. And then they're like, they have little separate windows with little pieces and they're like pulling it onto it. Like one of those ads for a fashion, um, uh, like phone game, um, app. And unsurprisingly, it's like a dragon pterodactyl looking thing. Um, and then Shibumi asks for Henry's digivice, which he also calls an arc, um, which I guess implies that that arc was maybe a digivice at one time. I'm not sure. We'll put a pin in that. So anyway, so he wants to do that so he can realize Granny. Um, and then uh, Jerry's parents are actually there with the hackers also because they were, quote, worried, unquote, about Jerry, although the dad looks pretty pissed and the stepmom just looks exhausted. Um, and then friend B is watching Henry's dad play with the original D-Reaper, and he's basically like, how did it grow from grayscale Pac-Man to city-destroying lava lamp? And they're like, it evolved, uh, just like a Digimon. And then Susie tells her dad where BZ and Kulu are, and she's like, there's got to be something important inside. And then they tell her that they think so too, and she looks hella pleased with herself. Um, and then they're talking about the D-Reaper's brain, which they're calling the Colonel, and that's what they want to attack, except um, Susie uh, is like, that's where Jerry is, um, and... Or somebody says that. I think it's Susie. It's Takato. It's Takato. I'm sorry. It's Takato. Um, so then Takato runs and accosts Jerry's dad, who's waiting for the elevator, and tells him not to be mad at her because it wasn't her fault. And the dad doesn't say anything and just lets the elevator doors close on him. Uh, then it switches back to Justamon, um, and they're arguing. Cyberdramon wants to fight, but Rio's like, we can't. Um, and that's when they got hit behind from something. Um, and it switches to Jerry's stepmom who's crying to Rika's mom about how can I apologize to Jer Jerry's deceased real mom. And Rika's mom's like super awk, doesn't really know what to say to that, which is fair. And then Rika's at the top of the stairs looking down and she and Rika see each other. Rika runs off to like brood um, somewhere outside maybe? Um, hard to tell and she's saying you know how Jerry always seems so happy but her life is actually awful you know way worse than Rika's because um, her parents are divorced but at least her dad's alive uh, and then the van that took them back to the hacker crew slams into a military barricade and the military called Flippy being like what the fuck what is going on and at the same time, someone behind him is like, oh no, they stole uh, the van. And they're trying to figure out who stole it, kind of. Uh, and then it turns out it's Jerry's dad who went to go yell at the um, D-Reaper. Although he can't get to where she actually is. I'm not even sure if he knows where she actually is. So he's just yelling her name. Um, but then she can hear it and Kulu's like, someone's calling you. Um, 
And her dad, talking to himself, says all this basically is because he's awkward, which let's set that aside for a second. Um, but he says that to a montage of him caring for Jerry when she was little and then um, yelling at her about being selfish. And the stepmom's like, um, oh, I'll go because it was when they were supposed to go pick up Jerry. And he's like, we can't spoil her, which is fucked up. But again, let's set that aside. And then he's crying and he faintly hears Jerry chanting faint fate fate and then the tamers show up except henry um and then a massive monster looking dealy pops out of the d reaper and it turns out the monster's the one that's been chanting fate from all of its like weird yellow maws that are all over its body and jerry's dad is like where are you and takato's like brah it's the d reaper man like he stole her voice um and arms shoot out of this creature at jerry's dad or an arm and it it, the end of it turns into a camera and it says out loud what it's doing so it's like comparing to Jerry's memory and then it rewinds her nightmare flashback thing and recognizes Jerry's dad as her dad um, and then as it's saying what it's doing Renamon uh, helps to explain that it, it clearly doesn't know what parents and children are because Digimon also don't know um, and then it keeps going through her memories and we see her at the bar going through the fridge and then running up the stairs and her dad begs the d creature to let her go his beloved daughter take me instead and then it says uh, data is remarkably contradictory within jerry's collected memories and then it starts chanting why and shaking uh and rika shouts at it which is definitely helping um she shouts that it can't understand um, and it just keeps saying, why, 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 and expanding. Um, the tentacle retracts, or tries to, and her dad jumps on it, but then it f is trying to, like, fling him off, and Rika and Renamon evolve into Sakuyamon, and they grab Jerry's dad as he gets flung off. And then Kulu somehow recognizes that that's Jerry's dad, and is like, it's your dad! Um, and Jerry looks, like, hella hungover, and she's like, Dad? And then the D creature says that she's active and it starts looking through her memories again. And Dakota's like, get out of her heart. And then he and Guillemon, um, it says Matrix Digivolve, but you told me that they're bio-merging. So whatever it is, they do that. And then Dukemon blows off this thing's entire hand, but it just grows back and grabs him. So that's not great. Um, and then the hackers are watching. And one of them's like, why does it want to understand the bonds between parent and child? And Shibumi's like, oh, it's just like us. We have a fear of the unknown. And uh, Henry and Terriermon are still there because Shibumi has the Digivice. And Terriermon's like complaining, like, we need to go. But the transfer is only at 70% because uh, this is the 90s. And then, or 2000s, whatever. And then um, Justamon shows because up. Because it's a it fucking serial port. Yeah, so that's probably why it's going so slow, because how the fuck does that even work? Um, so Justamon shows up and kicks off the D creature's hand, so it lets go of Dukemon, and the three of them are like the three um, bio-merged um, dig Digimon. Yeah, are they like, let's go, and then they immediately get clamped. By the D creature, and then inside the colonel, Kulu's like narrating the entire fight for Jerry, and she and Kulu's cheering them on, like you could do it, whatever. And she, being Jerry, says it's useless because of fate. And Rika's like, 
We can change fate, which shows a fundamental misunderstanding of what fate is, but that's fine. Um, and Jerry's dad runs the van into the D creature, bailing at the last second. Um, and it doesn't really do anything, but except that the D creature then lets go of the others for some reason, and all of the little munchy mouths go straight for Jerry's dad. Dukemon stabs the fuck out of one of them, and so the rest of them wrap him up. Um, and then Guardmon joins the action, and he and Justmon are shooting at it, and they blast the creature away, but then something bigger comes in its place with very dramatic music, um, and then it opens a hole in its belly, I guess, and a bunch of little thingies come out blasting. Guardmon flies up to try to attack them, and he gets blasted, and Justmon and Dukemon slash those things out of existence, but then more of them just show up. Meanwhile, Granny's like shaking around going, let's throw down, let me at him. And Flippy, who clearly understands the universal language of people who are pissed off and want to fight, says, it wants to realize. And then at that exact moment, thankfully, Shibumi finishes the upload or whatever he's doing from um, Henry's Digivice and then uses a blue card to realize Granny. So a digital field opens up, but nothing happens. And they're like, something is missing. And Dukemon jumps up to, to slash at the big one, but can't reach it. Uh, and he's yelling and mad on his way down. He's like, I have to get up there somehow. And then a bolt of light like flies out of him at the digital field. And that realizes Granny, which we're again going to set aside for a minute. And now Granny acts as a Duke, a mount, excuse me, for Duke. And Flippy's like, oh, Granny was the name of the great Siegfried's horse, so this is very fitting. Um, Siegfried was a Norse hero who actually ends up killing a dragon, so this version of Granny might have mixed feelings about that, uh, I feel. Um, unless dragons are now weird creatures with a huge amount of mouths and stuff, and dragons are now horses, I guess. We've upgraded. Um... So anyway, Dukemon surfs around on Granny, cutting this thing up, and then um, Guillemon's like, you've done well, and Takato is surprised to learn that this is the Ark from before, which Guillemon somehow knows. And I guess that's the end of the monster, and no other monster replaces it, because the next scene is just the Tamers all on the ground, devolved, and Takato yelling Jerry's name. And Jerry hears him, and Takata promises to rescue her to this very rousing music, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's probably like A minus. Even though I made a couple mistakes. Yeah, but that's why the minus is there. And you know, because we're here and um, we're educational now, um, I've decided in this moment, um, a, this, the bandwidth of a serial is only 115. Uh, kbps bps is bits per second in this case and usb 1.1 which i which i think would have been out in the 2000s it might have been honestly usb 2.0 at that time that i'm unsure about um but 1.0 is 12 mbs so it's already like drastically faster by just moving to usb also like you're saving size because like a usb port is generally smaller than like a nine pin serial but uh, serial works better with lower level hardware stuff it seems to be don't quote me on that though so possibly they needed more of a lower level access to the digivice which is why they included a serial port instead of a USB port um, super unsure 
Interesting. But, uh, yeah. If this was in modern times, it would have been a USB port. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I think this episode's real good, actually. Uh, yeah. I feel like you disagree, and that's okay. I don't, I mean, I don't disagree. It wasn't a bad episode. I, there are some things that I would like to talk about about this episode. Um, well, well, yeah, I mean, we weren't just going to end it after I'm like, yeah, this is real good. No, no, I know, but I mean, like, I need to talk about those things to see how I feel about the episode. Okay. W- would you like to go into that, then? No. Okay. Well, then, I guess we are done with the episode. Okay. All right. Well, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, would you like to bring them up now? Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, wait, did you want me to bring them up? You don't just magically know, but I... Yeah, I, I don't just magically know. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. Okay. Um, well, to start with... <laughs> you should use your words. I, I'd appreciate that. And I think the listeners would, too. I am using my words now. To start off with, I'm not clear if um, her like nightmare flashback thing is the way it is, because that's how she remembers it as being a child, you know, when memories kind of I mean memories always valuable but uh or if like that's a nightmare that she's having um so I I think it's a mix of both I think it's like probably like a bit of D-Reaper hallucination stuff and a bit of like what what she remembered or what stuck out to her from that point so like I read it as, like, that is, like, the point where she gathered, like, this, this, like, attachment to, like, the fate thing, because Mm -hmm. that's what she was told at that time, and that left a big impression on her, and that kind of carries through, that's kind of, like, the through line here, and I think the rest of it is kind of just, like, creepy Nightmare D-Reaper stuff. Ah, that makes sense, yeah. Um, also, you know, I think that's just what, the, like, the D-Reaper is just, like, also, like, forcing her to hone in on because it seems like when she does that, D-Reaper grows bigger for some reason. Um, haven't haven't super figured out why that yet, but that's just the thing that's happening. Yeah, we'll see what that's about. Um, it would have been interesting if... You know, anybody who got too close to the D-Reaper started having those same kind of nightmare flashback things. Yeah. I agree. That'd be but neat. It's, it's okay if they don't. Instead, they just get hot. Right. Yeah, everybody's always throwing their coats off. And, uh, oh my god, who wrote the, or who's saying the, it's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes? Uh, Nelly. I think. Was it Nelly? Uh, it's the song. Maybe. Um, yeah. Actually, it's really hot over here, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, Nelly. I, I nailed it. Got it in one. Nice, nice job. Good job, me. Excellent, Garrett. Truly. I will reward myself with a gold star later. Yay, good job. Um, or probably just lunch. A gold star lunch? Yeah. Um, the next thing I have some confusion about is I remember that the arc from certain angles looked like a digivice. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So it is a digivice because it's an arc, and they're also called arcs. Um, eh, if that I, is, huh? I I think the digivices are actually called D-arcs to be like technically correct. Oh, okay. I mean, does that super matter? Uh, I actually called D power, so whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, well, neither does Shibumi because I think he calls it an arc. Um, yeah, but Shumi, Shibumi's like weird in general. That's true. He's all fucked up. Well, he, I had this. He can kind of just call it whatever the fuck he wants, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I had this theory that, like, the big A arc was the original version excuse me of the smaller A arcs um, arc digivice thingies Um, so like that was Shibumi's original one in which case all of those digivices have the opportunity to become you know dragon pterodactyl pool toy mount things in theory I mean, my guess is just, so when they were making the, the big A arc, they needed, you know, something quickly because they were trying to get the kids back to the real world. And I assume since, like, the D-Power is so related to, like, the realization process and, like, doing this, they didn't, like, super have time to modify the shape. So they're just like, what if we just make this but bigger? Hmm. Okay. That sort of makes sense. I'm I'm down with that theory. I will accept that as headcanon. Um, okay, cool. And then... What are my other things? Um, how do they know what the D-Reaper's brain is called? Or are they just going to call it the kernel? That's what they've decided. I mean, that's like a computer term thing. I, I know that's a computer term. But it's not a computer term that means brain, so... I mean, but... It's the kernel is the core of the operating system. Okay. You, you yes. might you might call it the brain. I you know actually in retrospect I take my sarcastic comment back. Um, interesting. Okay. Um, okay. Uh. And then, so, I guess if that's the, like, brain of the D-Reaper and Jerry's inside of it, um, Jerry is basically running the D-Reaper now? Um. Or it's running off of her? It seems like that sort of parasitic symbiotic relationship. I think it's more parasitic, for sure. Um. I think, like, Jerry's, like, more of, like, an add-on to the D-Reaper, and, like, the D-Reaper's just, like, pulling from Jerry for what it needs and stuff. You heard it here first. He just said she's a human 32X. I, I, I sort of would accept the idea that it thinks it's protecting her. Mm, I don't know about that, because, like, it, it, it's planning on killing her anyway. Well, it does say that, yes, that's true, so maybe not. It is interesting, though, to think that, uh, suppose, like, like if Shibumi's right, um, and it's, uh, it's, like, afraid of the unknown, um, 
it, you have to like you have to know enough about something to know that you don't know about it if you if that makes sense I'd like to know to be afraid of it I, I also that would imply that it can have fear well I mean I just... like Digimon can have fear and so if the D Reaper absorbed Digimon and then you know kind of started integrating Digimon stuff into it it's entirely possible that it could have fear I mean that's true yeah I don't know the whole thing's interesting excuse me and then I think, like, Jerry's just kind of, like, the source of information for it to pull from. And then, you know, when it's studying this, you know, this one example of a human girl, it's trying to put everything together. So I think just the fact that, like, it can't figure it out just from that one sample, it's, like, it's starting to, like, confuse it, which, you know, could also be a type of fear. True. Well, also, so it, it clearly has access to Jerry's memories and stuff. Yes. So my question is, like, so far we've only seen it destroy stuff that it's touching. Um, except when they all broke in to go into its space. So it seems like there's, like, there's D-Reaper parts that eat stuff. And then there's, like, the D-Reaper shield that covers the area where it's eating stuff, kind of. Um, and, uh... So Jerry's apparently inside of the shield thing, but it just, it's interesting to me, somehow it's getting to her memories without absorbing her. I mean, she's inside the kernel bubble. Well, sure, but it's not... You could say that's some, tor- some sort of uh, absorption in itself. I believe the proper term is soft floor. What? Never F- Fletch, come in here and explain the joke, please. Soft core? Four with a V. Oh, four. Okay. So why did it let Kulu in there? Because Kulu's a plot MacGuffin. It does whatever it wants. <laughs> okay. Kuluman was like the embodiment of Digivolution for a point. So I don't know. Um, because, because Bells punched it a lot and made a hole for Kuluman to go in. Uh, yes, which is another thing that he didn't get, like, super attacked for that. And then, yeah, and then they, it seems like the D-Reaper's strategy is to have a bunch of creatures of different sizes um, attack and, um, and then, like, they're easy to defeat, kind of, sometimes? But it's not a big deal because it just has more. Say it again? Well, okay, so, like, it, it just has a bunch of creatures, some of which are really seem harder to kill than others, but all of them are, so far, seem actually relatively easy to kill recently. Um, and it, it either is letting them kill stuff so it can get data on them, or it just kind of doesn't care and just makes more creatures. Like, do you understand at all its pattern for doing that? No. I mean, like, there's different levels of it, though. I mean, like, it grows back a lot, and I don't know. I I guess I just jock it up to, like, it's always iterating on things. So, like, if it has things that it didn't iterate it on, 
I don't think it can like update older forms. It can only make new forms. If that makes mm. sense. Sorry. Well, how new do they have to be? I mean, I guess it would have to be the point where they, where the Reaper, you know, experiments, you know, that level of power. Because how it's kind of been portrayed is like they'll fight them, they'll beat the first wave, and then like the second wave will come in and it'll be like resistant to what they did before, or it'll have the same power. Okay, I it just it's weird to me because there's the there was this critter with the the thousand yellow maws, you know. Um, which actually was kind of revolting. The little, the little mouths are like a part of the body, and then they like pop out, and they're attached by a, a like connective string, neck, throat, I guess thing. Yeah. And oh, oh, that was I was not into that. Um, leaving little craters in the side of the creature when the when the munchy mouths leave. I no, yuck, ick. But then that thing disappears and now there's a new thing that's bigger but it's got smaller things inside of it and then they murder that pretty easy and then nothing else happens and I don't understand why like uh, I mean it could be like it's going back to like come up with a new plan I mean to it this fucking dragon arc thing came out of nowhere and and helped and, and it's like, oh, I guess I gotta figure out what to do about this dragon arc thing. I mean, I also, it still could be, like, confused with, like, the jury information, like, not matching up and stuff. It could be flustered. Sure. But also, like, we just don't see that. It's just, conveniently, the episode runtime has ended, so everybody's back on the ground. Yeah, I mean, the episode runtime ended. They needed a climax, and they're like, well, uh, we'll deal with this next episode. Yeah, basically. This is next episode's problem. <laughs> yeah. I think that was all I had for the moment. What about you? Okay. Really? I, I thought we were going to get in here and discuss Jerry's father. I thought that was one of the things you were going to bring up for sure. Oh, well. I mean, what are you going to say about him, though? I it's, it's fucked up, and him saying he's just awkward, that's not what awkward is and like he's i well, mean clearly the story that I, I think portraying... i think you're combining two events there with the awkward bit i i think the first bit was he was awkward when like his his wife first passed and he was like trying to take care of jerry on his own and like doing all the laundry and everything i think that was the awkward bit i don't think he means that to the second bit where he's an asshole well, I hope not, but it's just all toxic masculinity stuff, right? Where he's, like, just unable to process emotions and uh, be there for her, and then he's so worried about her getting, like, spoiled or whatever, and so he's, like... And, and the implication all along has been that he's been abusive. Yeah, I can see that. Um, You know, I don't even want to say, like, that's even, like, particularly toxic masculinity as it's more just like um therapy is good yeah therapy is good like i don't i don't think there's anything like super 
masculine about it, the cis white man says. Well, I mean, <clears throat> not being able to take care of your own child, like, rather than just saying, like, it was overwhelming, being like, I can't do this, you know? And I mean, but, like, if you establish, like, family roles, and you're, like, you're splitting the parenting or whatever, and all of a sudden you have to do the things that you weren't doing before, like, that's gonna be awkward. Not awkward, I mean, I think my I think it's the awkward part that bothers me. It's not awkward. It's tough. Like those are two different things. Awkward is like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, and tough is like, this is a lot of shit to take on. Like he, to me, saying it's awkward is like, you know, oh, it would be, it would be, well, it would be awkward to like take on a role that I don't normally or an identity that I don't normally have, like as a cis woman if I was like I don't know pretending to be a trans woman that would be awkward because I don't I've never had that experience so I can't do that like I mean but even then I understand in some form what the experience is like partially because all women are women so like all parents are parents. Like, if he never changed a diaper or did the laundry, fuck him. Like, that's there's so much of that to go around when kids are little. He didn't do any of that. Like, that implies that they split it along very gendered lines, and he's not doing any of the things that he needed to be doing to help. No wonder his wife died. Like, and also, why doesn't he reach out to family for help? Like, maybe they don't have family, and that's fair, but they don't even show that. That's fair. I mean... I don't know if they could do all those things in, like, you know, a 20-minute episode. I don't know. I I just didn't take awkward to to take the meaning that you did with it. I mean, I'm probably seeing things in there because it really gets my goat when, you know, we pretend that, you know, like, this whole thing of, like, oh, uh, oh, my husband's so great because he will babysit the kids when I'm busy. Like, you're not fucking babysitting, you're a parent. It's not babysitting when they're your own goddamn kids. Or, you know, oh my gosh, my husband's so great. Like, he completely understands how much work this is and whatever, although he never, like, lifts a finger to help. Like, that happens so often. It's, parenting, you know, is, is a nightmare. I don't, plan on engaging in it myself now because it's just so much work and I'm already tired but you know you just it's a thing where both if two people are engaged in it both people should be doing everything because there's more than enough work to go around and gendering those roles like the awkwardness of it is that would imply either that he's never done it before or he doesn't think he should be doing it you know that's my take. I mean, because what, with the things, at least in my experience, the things that I find awkward are things where I haven't done it before, um, or I haven't done it enough to feel like I know what the hell I'm doing, uh, or it's a thing I don't think I should be doing. Okay, I, that's fair. Um, though. I think 
you're extrapolating a lot from just the word, though, and kind of... F- mm, do I want to say that? Do I think that's valid? I I don't know. I think... I don't even know if I'm slightly more generous about it. I guess I just didn't read awkward as that, and, like, what you said makes sense, but that doesn't, like, super... That doesn't, like, super seem to go with the visuals that are going with it during that flashback. Well, the flashback is him doing laundry with his little... For his little girl, right? And the way that I read the comment about it being awkward was, like, him saying he didn't know emotionally how to be a single dad and have a small daughter. Yeah. Uh, And if the implication is that you know, from previous, that he was abusive toward her, covering that up as, oh, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was, it felt all awkward, so I was abusive towards my daughter is, like, not acceptable. And the way I took what you were saying was that you were saying, well, the awkward part is talking about raising a daughter alone, like. Yes, that is how I took that. So if And if I think what, like that part is just like I now have to do all this. This is, you know, weird to, you know, to have to now fit all of this in when it was like a shared thing before and like how do I do this? I just don't understand the use of the word awkward like I mean I would be interested to know what like the raw Japanese translation I mean, was. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I'm hinging a lot or like placing a lot on that single word, but it just, that to me, it sounded like, and maybe I have some baggage, but it, it sounded to me like an excuse for his awful behavior and a pretty poor one at that. Like if he was abusive to her and his, which excuse, we don't know to be which, fair. To be fair, we don't, we're not 100%. But, but we saying are, that, that is like, headcanon den. He's not going to pick her up because she'll get spoiled is a very, I mean, generously, I would say strict parenting style. I mean, maybe that's just like the double down after, you know, his, his wife passed. I think I'm taking it more generously, and I probably shouldn't. I guess with this, just like with this whole event that plays out to it, is like, it's more like, I think Ijiri's father is still fucked up with the passing of his wife. First wife? Wife? I I don't know how to specifically refer to that person when he's remarried. First, first wife, mother of his child, dead wife, yeah. Jerry's mother. I seem to just picture it more as he just did not know how to deal with it in regards to his daughter. In, like, the sense that, like, if he's unable to process it, how is he supposed to help his child process it? Right, and I get that, and that makes some sense like like I I see just like with the point where like we we see like the bit afterwards 
which is cheap and I shouldn't fall for it, but I did anyway because, you know, whatever, emotions and shit. Where, you know, afterwards he's like, where he's like, why did I do that? Like, I appreciate the reflections there. Like, that's good. We're, we're getting somewhere. The fact that, like, he's going out there, like, there are now current acts where I'm feeling a little more generous to this, to at least the idea of wanting to do something now. And, like, making the steps to, like, to not necessarily rectify, but to, like, change, I think is good. And, like, also, like, it's hard for, like, a full picture because, like, we don't know the full extent of, like, what was going on. We get, like, these, like, two scenes and we're supposed to, like, construct, like, this whole thing from here. When he hears the thing with, like, fate going on... Like, that's, like, ringing to him this thing, and he's starting to think about that. And then, like, he gets the thing where the D-Reaper says that, like, how he is acting now does not correspond to her memories, or, like, how she thinks of him. I think, like, that's sending something home to him. Or I want to believe that. I mean, I hope so. It, I think... It- you know, part but and to be fair, like I am reading this from a, a very, you know, American context. So in Japanese, these cultural memes may be read differently. You know, um, so that's always a thing to take into account. But also, it just to me, it seems like what we're seeing is a man whose wife died. He was grieving. He had to take care of his daughter. And then instead of, like, diving into that and being, like, you know, I'm going to learn how to do her hair. I'm going to learn how to, like, shop clothes for her and, like, you know, play tea parties and whatever. It doesn't necessarily seem like we got that. We get a guy who found the whole thing awkward and, um... Like, and I mean, not all girls are into tea parties or whatever, whatever it is she wants to do, you know, and, and then like gets remarried, who knows when, has another kid and is like the, the second wife and son are scared of the dad also. Like we do see them, you know, cowering away from him and whatever. So like that, that feels like we're getting a sense of who he is a person who doesn't know how to deal with his emotional issues and has anger problems. So no wonder it was awkward for him to have a small child that was dependent on him. Like he is not able to see those things at all. And I'm way overanalyzing the situation, but then he does care about her in his own way. However, like his, he does stupid shit. Like instead of, cooperating with other people like he's there at the hacker thing he doesn't say a goddamn thing to anyone he isn't like how can I help what can I do he decides to go off on his own not talk to Takato who's trying to tell him you know these things not even be like I totally understand kid like it's fine don't worry about it I'm not mad at her instead he says nothing goes off steals their fucking van and then like 
tries to ram it into this creature, or, well, first he, like, yells at Jerry instead of, like, oh, my God, I miss you. I'm so sorry. You know, if this is my fault, please let me know. Like, how can I fix it? Instead, he's just like, Jerry, Jerry, you know. And, like, he obviously is sorry and he's crying, but he just doesn't know how to form, like, positive emotional connections with people. Right? Like, instead of working with the other tamers, he just does his own thing all the time. Or the other tamers' parents. Or his family. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even tell his wife where he's going. Yeah. No. I I agree. That so, all sense. that leads me to believe that some of this is toxic masculinity. Because, at least in American culture, it is frequently men who are taught you know to be over competitive to not share their emotions to etc etc yeah i mean that's true but i mean i okay i I guess that's fair i don't necessarily think like it might be more that it happens with men but i don't think that's like an exclusively male problem oh no i mean nothing is an exclusively anybody problem for the most part yeah, I can see that. Also, I did not remember the part where his mother, or where the second wife and other child shuddered, but I will take your word for it. It's in an earlier episode. It was know. a while I'm ago. Like, I don't know. Um, my end result is... I don't, I'm still like... Mm, mm, I'm a bad person saying this. I'm glad it's there, though, because it's good to portray, like, varying things. Right, yeah. Yeah, if all the parents were helpful, that'd be totally unrealistic. If all the parents were terrible parents, that would also be totally unrealistic. Like, I feel like it is not incorporated poorly into this. Like, this relates into what's happening. I think it's done all right with everything here, with how, like, the fate thing just, like, stuck so much with Jerry, and maybe the fact, you know, that it came from her father, and then just, like, that whole life situation, like, that all, like, follows, like, a line of things where you can connect the dots. So it's not... It's not, like, out of left field. I don't think it's done in, like, poor taste or anything. What do you want to give this uh, episode a rating? Um, It's probably, like, four out of five. But, um, Rika's mom's real good still. I just want to bring that up. She was awkward. (laughs) I mean, but, like, that's, like, completely in character with Rika's mother for what we know. I don't know. Maybe again, I'm just falling into it, but like, Rika's mom at this point, I'm just like, man, she's trying real hard. I feel like her little arc that she got was real good and continues to be good. Um, I would have liked a little bit more where, where maybe like, she went into like her situation, kind of like, I, I don't, I don't know if that would be good. Actually, I don't know. Um, so maybe she shouldn't have gone to, like, her, like, her problems to, like, 
explain, you know, what what she went through with Rika and, you know, how she made, like, her choice and now she's trying to, like, you know, figure it out and do it and, like, just try to console Rebecca's stepmother and be like, you know, hey, you know, it's cool, you know, it's not your fault, you know, it's, you got, yeah, I just, like, try and listen, do things and stuff. Why am I doing this? I don't know how to give advice. Fucking ignore me at this point. <laughs> but, uh, somewhere there's, pr- I probably made a point. Um, yeah. Um, I think I would rate this a three and a half out of five. I'm not convinced okay. it's a four out of five. Okay. I did not know we allowed halves until this point, but well, I'll let it slide. Well, I just did it, so. Cool. Uh, poem, do you have one of those? I do. It's my own creation. I'm not sure how I feel about it, so you let me know how you feel. Okay. You ready? Yes. Oh, Granny, horse of old, you live on in space. You live on in stories told about digital creatures born to fight against an evil despite its might. Now you are a robot dragon, very shiny for basically a flying wagon. Yeah, that was pretty good. It it does seem to just be a flying wagon. Um, I thought fucking Dukemon could just fly before. Yeah, so not sure how that happened, but... Um, yeah, no, yeah, that's like a solid A. I'll give that an A. Yeah, thank you. Um, a podcast on the internet at goindigitalpodcast.com where there's links to emails and Twitters, which you can do. You can rate and review us on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. I made that change at some point. Um, we're on mostly everything. If we're not on something, you can let me know and I can put us there probably. Um, yeah, um, the Digivolution does not need a wagon, and, uh, good time. And goodbye. And stop.